Welcome to the Comic Sauce Podcast, where we talk comics and comics culture. I am Henry Liu, and today I'm joined by Porfirio Rangel. Porfirio, how's it going? I'm doing good, Henry. It is hot, H-O-T, down here in SoCal, <laughs> but I'm happy to be here to talk comics with you, like always. Excellent. Yes, indeed. Summertime is here. I am also joined by Christian Diadamo. Christian, how's it going? Hey, hey, it's going well. And yes, it is very hot up here in NorCal, too. <laughs> All right. I'm also joined by Rainier. Rainier, how it goes? Hey, hey, what's up, everyone? I'm hot. I'm just hot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> same, same here. Okay, today is June 30th, 2023, and today we're going to talk about The Flash. The Flash movie came out recently, just a couple weeks ago, June 16th, and we're going to talk all about it. Okay, so I have a feeling we all have a lot to cover here, a lot to process, so let's just get right into it, yeah. Um, first off, before we get into the spoilery discussion of the movie itself, how about we talk about expectations? What were your expectations going in to this movie? This movie has been in development for a long time. There has never been a solo Flash movie before this one. This is a a an iconic superhero from DC Comics. This is the first movie to feature the Flash. What were your expectations going in? Uh, let's start with hmm, Christian. How about you? What were your expectations? Yeah, so I guess with Flash, the character, I was introduced to the Flash pretty much through the uh, Justice League cartoon. And I always really liked the Flash. Um really cool really cool moveset and like you know i started reading some comics of him and i was like something i always really liked about him there's like a good charisma to the flash and he's always like a lot of fun to read and a lot of fun to watch i liked uh like i watched about season one of the grant gustin flash show but never really kept up with it and so this has been a movie I've been like waiting for for a while. You know, we've gotten so many Superman, Batman movies. Finally got a Wonder Woman, but it's like, oh man, where's the Flash? Um, and so the Flash, the character, you know, I was like, I was really looking forward to a movie like this. I think, um, I don't want to talk to speak too much about Ezra Miller. Um, a lot of uh, what he's been getting up to, I think that does damper a lot of the hype for me. I think. Uh, the DC extended universe has been through a lot to say the least, but I do think they've been on a genuine upswing in the last couple of years as well. I think with Zack Snyder's justice league, he had a, which the flash had like one of the best moments at the very end of the movie in Zack Snyder's justice league as well. Um, as movies like the suicide squad, I think they really been on an upswing. So I was like, I, you know, that which kind of like peaks my hype and back, you know, hype my interest back up as well as I think getting closer to the movie. This movie got like a lot of really good buzz, of course. So, yeah, um, excited, but also I think a little worried. 
Got it. Got it. Okay. Uh, how about you, Renier? What your, what were your expectations going in? Ooh, my expectations. Um, I okay. I uh, to be quite honest with you guys, I'm here to hear the bloodbath of review you guys are going to give this movie. <laughs> so that was probably one of my first expectations. Okay. <laughs> um, but uh, I I actually had pretty high hopes for this movie. Um, because like there's so much of the flash uh, that I feel like not a lot of people have seen. Um, I feel like you only get literally snippets of the flash, like pun intended <laughs> in other stories that he's been placed in. So it's cool to see um, a movie that focuses on him, his backstory and where he comes from. <clears throat> and uh, yeah. Um, did it meet my expectations? It did. It did meet my expectations. I actually really enjoyed this movie. Um I'm curious to hear what you guys think about it. <laughs> right on. Okay. Uh, Perfurio, what were your expectations? Uh, I think I was low-key excited for it. You know, like, there's been a lot of controversy leading up to The Flash, you know, of Ezra Miller and their, like, like controversies that they got into over the past years. And there's just been, like, delay over and delay about it. But, like, plot-wise, you know, there's been talks about, like, how this is, like, the end of the Sp- Snyderverse DC and kind of, like, a restarting point, like, you know, like, the Flashpoint storyline. So, I was, yeah, despite all the stuff, all the Ezra Miller drama, I think I was still pretty excited going into the film and seeing, like, separating and kind of like the art from the artist and just seeing what kind of story they made you know cool cool okay on my end um i guess it's worth noting that uh while this movie has been a box office disappointment the reviews aren't terrible i mean i would call them mixed but you know it's it's not Rotten on Rotten Tomatoes, currently standing at 64% on the tomato meter. What's the threshold? Is it below 60 where it's rotten? I believe it. Yeah, I believe that's the threshold. So it got a D minus? <laughs> I guess it, depending on who, well, who you ask, I suppose. It's not certified fresh. <laughs> not certified fresh, but it's not rotten. It's not rotten. So um, Just I, don't, I mean, I'm curious too, Rainier, but I don't, I don't know if it's going to be a bloodbath. I... I'm really curious to hear it from you guys. <laughs> but that said, expectations. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, it has to be said that I was really stoked to see Michael Keaton as Batman again. No question. So I was really excited about that. Um, otherwise, though, you know, like, I saw the trailer and I wasn't exactly blown away. And I was kind of questioning if Ezra Miller could could hold up as a leading man you know like kind of like what you're saying christian i didn't want to get like the off-screen antics uh like influencing my experience um but that aside you know uh i i kind of couldn't see him as like the leading man of a big budget hollywood movie you know as as a side character i thought he was effective in uh, the justice league um, but as a leading character, 
that I don't know. I, I was really questioning that. So I, I was very much tempering my expectations. Okay, so let's get into it. Spoiler alert for The Flash. We'll get into plot details, etc. All right. So we all saw it. Uh, I guess I should note, uh, hum humble brag, I, I did see it at an early press screening, uh, May 31st, well in advance of the June 16th release date. Um, but yeah, we've all seen it, and now we can talk about it. Um, let's start with the positives. What did you like about this movie? Any volunteers to to kick it off here? The pros the way, of The Flash? I stayed completely away from you for how many weeks, <laughs> knowing right. that you've seen the movie first before all of us. Because I didn't yes. want any spoilers to slip. Yeah, yeah. I, I I noticed the messaging was was minimal for those the, that two week span, <laughs> but we succeeded. And no no spoilers were were given, so we got through it. Um, how about you, Preferio? What what did you like about this movie? Um, okay, like I don't know if this is a positive, so I kind of want to hear your guys' thoughts, but. I thought that Ezra Miller's acting is good in some aspects. Like, because, you know, essentially they were playing two different characters, like an older, younger version. Like mm -hmm. the older one, I didn't think fit the character. It just felt too awkward and stuff. But I love the way they portrayed the younger version. It just mm. felt like really like the punchlines hit at the right moments it felt very um natural and stupid and like it they were able to play like a teenager really well and that kind of inexperience as the flash character but as the older character i was like kind of questioning like is ezra miller the perfect person to play barry allen like it it for me just didn't connect but so that's why i was like that's why i'm like asking like i don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing because they were able to do their job as an actor to kind of portray two different characters and but i didn't like the way they did the main like barry allen i just felt it was too awkward and just didn't fit like i think christian mentioned before we did this interview that R ryan reynolds was in talks to play the act, the character, and I was like, that makes more sense than Ezra Miller. Mm. But um, mm. yeah, I want to hear your guys' thoughts. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Yeah, that's interesting, <laughs> actually, that you gravitated more to the younger Barry Allen. Uh -huh. I'm wondering if that's because it plays into better continuity with the Barry Allen we saw in Justice League, where he was kind of like younger, not really sure of himself. Uh -huh. um, and I'm curious if that's playing into it, because I... I'm quite the opposite, actually. Like, I liked the older Barry Allen, and it was interesting mm. because the older Barry Allen had this quick realization, like, oh, my gosh, the younger version of myself is an idiot. And he, like, quickly turned to become more of, like, the responsible Barry Allen. Um, right. Because, like, if you look at Barry Allen or Wally West or The Flash in any other version, like, he's a cocky guy. Um, like, he's sure of himself. He knows He knows what he's doing. And it was interesting that in Justice League, he was portrayed as like, um, like, I need friends. Like, you know, he was kind of like lost and he was kind of just um, a recluse and awkward. Yeah, yeah. right. T totally. Um, 
So I think the older Barry Allen captured what is closer to what I see like the Flash being. Mm, okay. But the younger version is funny. Like it definitely drove a lot of that, uh, you know, uh, comedic part of, of the Flash. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, to that point, I, I agree with Preferio. I, I did prefer the younger Flash and it kind of went along with my thinking going in that I enjoyed the comedic quality of Ezra Miller in Justice League. And and he was very funny as the younger Flash in the Flash movie. Yeah. So um I did I did prefer it. And yeah, I I I do think that that Ezra Miller is effective as a comedic supporting actor. I thought the younger Flash was was likable and well. Maybe I shouldn't say likable, but it was funny. He was a funny character, and I got some laughs out of him. Yeah. How about as a lead actor? Interesting. You said supporting. Actor. Well, <laughs> I'm saving that for another part of the conversation, which is the negative. So, you know, spoiler alert on that, I guess. But uh, let's let's keep it positive for now. Uh, Christian, how about you? What what did you like about this movie? Yeah, I think um, to kind of add to what you're saying with like the younger and older Barry Allen, I think one thing I really liked about um the movie was kind of the way they did the origin story how you didn't really see how the older barry really got his powers but because he goes back in time and he has to recreate these certain events to trigger because that's how the young barry gets his powers you you get to learn how the flash got his powers and how he like operates you learn about the ring but i like Mm -hmm. that there's kind of this like mentor aspect to it you know Mm-hmm. like you kind of see it through like a bit of a different lens it was like it felt like a, it was like a different way to do an orkin story you know right so i i did like that and like how you kind of see them kind of skew in different directions which kind of you know comes to a head at like you know the end of the movie so yeah to that i i did like that i got a quick question for you you mentioned earlier that you're first time seeing the flash was in the animated series now was it in the justice league or was it in um superman the animated series because flash was originally uh, oh that's in right superman it series yeah. it was in justice league um i did watch superman growing up but i wasn't um i didn't watch like all there was a lot of superman i missed back then um because I was just such a Batman fanboy that I just only watched Batman for a long period of time. <laughs> but I did both. like Superman. I watched the I watched Superman, but I th- like, um, but I, I I started with him in in Justice League, and like I really liked him in that, and like in Justice League Unlimited as well, which actually I think was uh Wally West who was Wally West that yeah because that was the Flash yeah. of the nineties, you know. All right. Um, just because I mentioned it earlier, I want to talk about Michael Keaton a little bit. Um, I was very excited to see Michael Keaton in this movie, and um, he did not disappoint because I think he was one of the biggest highlights, if not the biggest highlight of this movie. To see Michael Keaton as Bruce Wayne again in the bat suit, kicking ass was highly satisfying um 
Yeah, there, there's one fight scene in particular where there it's a it's a Michael Keaton Batman showcase, and it's really cool. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of it is nostalgia. Is it the one in Russia? Yes. Yeah. 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 That was yeah. awesome. Really that was a cool. that was a cool scene. Yeah. It was cool. I mean, you know, clearly it's like a stunt double and everything, but you know, shit. It's you know, it's it's Michael Batman. Batman. It's Batman. <laughs> Batman. <laughs> Fuck yeah. It it was it was awesome. Um yeah, I you know, he he he's he's a very charismatic charismatic actor, and you know, just to see him on screen in an iconic role from his past is just really cool to see so um i was i was just loving it it, it was great he got a lot of screen time too it wasn't a cameo um it wasn't like a case where he got so little screen time that it felt like um it was just kind of a stunt you know you know he was he was a supporting a, a legit supporting character in the movie so um those who those who went to see uh, this movie primarily for Michael Keaton, um, I would have to say they weren't disappointed because, like I said, it, it's not just a small role, like a cameo or whatever. Um, you got to see him do do Batman shit. So that was cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Michael Keaton was great. Um, I will say, like, this probably has, like, the best Batcave I've seen in a while, mm -hmm. like a while, a while. The best Batcave? <laughs> like, it felt like the Batcave from the animated series, you know? Yeah, I could see that. Like, it felt like the, the Batcave I grew up with, you know, with the yeah. way you see, like, the Batmobile and, like, the way they have the waterfalls and it looks really large. You have the big Bat computer. You have all your big aspects of your comic book Batman Batcave. Whereas, like, in The Batman, they kind of, like, scaled back. It's, like, in a train station. It's, like, a the abandoned train station you only really see it for like a few minutes in like the dark knight uh rises it's not even in the dark knight you know so it felt like this was like oh i love this bat cave it's such a cool set piece area <laughs> and they they go back there i like that they spend like a lot of time there and that's like their little like home base that they establish you know and it was it's really nice. It's a nice little hit in the nostalgia to see Michael Keaton, you know? Yeah, yeah I, I agree. I agree on the Batcave. Um, I feel like the Batcave that we see from different portrayals of Batman is a reflection of that Batman of that time, right? Like, Because like, if you look at Batman Begins, everything's very practical. And so that Batcave looks just incredibly practical. No frills, nothing fancy. Um, I think this one calls, like you said, to... Obviously, the nostalgia of, you know, Michael Keaton's original Batman um, mm -hmm. and drawing inspiration from the Batcaves that were designed at that time, which includes also the animated series, which was because of Michael Keaton's Batman that that series got made. All right. What else? Anyone else want to shout out other uh, positives for the movie? Things you enjoyed? I really yeah. enjoyed this movie. <laughs> I thought it was really I thought it was I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it had actually quite a bit of heart, like more than I was really expecting. Um I thought Ezra Miller was great in it. And if you think about it, having to act against yourself, that that that's not easy. Like <laughs> I'm not an actor, but I yeah, I can tell that that's a that's a difficult thing to do. And for him to have 
two completely distinct personalities acting against himself. Like, I think he did a great job. Um, the, the scene with, with, you know, his, his drive to save his mother, I thought stood like, you know, true through the entire film. <clears throat> and I think that was really good direction for, for seeing how the flash like navigates through all that. Um, and definitely the scene at the end, as we're coming to a close with the movie, Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I I was crying like a baby. Uh, that, mm. that that was a that was a pretty heartfelt scene, in my opinion. Um, and I think that really that really just hit home. Um, yeah. But yeah, Michael Keaton, Batman. I mean, you want to get nuts, you know? Like <laughs> yes. Batman, like some of those some of those fantastic lines from that movie being called out. Yeah, I thought were like really well placed, and it wasn't super like cheesy. Like it was, they did it really well. And the interaction, and of course, I think it's cool seeing like an older Batman. And I think yeah. what makes that really cool is that at one point, Michael Keaton was being um, called upon to do a Batman Beyond movie, and everyone was rooting for Michael Keaton to be like the older Bruce Wayne, older mm-hmm. Batman. Mm-hmm. And and we got that here in in the Flash, um, but instead, of course, mentoring Terry McGinnis, he's you know helping alongside uh, the Flash. Um, I thought it was really cool that the story was in parallel with Henry Cavill's Superman. Um, and we got to see the Kryptonians pretty much lay waste to that <laughs> entire military group. Um, yeah. And you get to see what would happen if Superman didn't exist in that time. Right. Um, and it answered a lot of cool, like what ifs um, because, you know, Barry Allen, essentially got rid of superheroes in, in this alternate timeline. And so you see what happens. Mm-hmm. Yep. 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 And I feel like, again, I think this is one of those movies where, because it calls into the previous Henry Cavill, Superman and Michael Keaton's Batman. It's one of those movies again, where it helps elevate those movies. Like I like those movies already, but I think it helps, it helps elevate it. Got it. Yeah. Uh-huh. I like that. Uh, I did also like quite enjoy this movie. I did. I did like it. Um, I think another thing. I think something. I think uh, with that big third act, you know, where they're all fighting Zod. Um, I think there. There's probably I've seen like a lot of negatives, kind of with a a certain part, uh, with like a few parts. Um. Overall, which we'll probably get into with with that third act but i actually quite quite liked it i liked how it turns out they actually lose we already said the spoilers so yes um i liked how they actually all like kind of lose and they have to really bring back the time travel aspect back into the movie Mm -hmm. um because i i didn't really expect that to happen i wasn't really sure where they were gonna go with this big like kind of new justice league that they've kind of they've Kind of haphazardly formed, and they have to go save the day and defeat Zod. But you know, it turns out they can't defeat Zod. There's no, there's no Kal El. Oh, we should mention Supergirl. Um, Yeah, yeah, we didn't. We never. Kara Kara Zor-El. I thought it was. Is that her name right? (laughs) Yeah, Kara Zor-El, played by Sasha Kaye. I thought that I thought her appearance was like just the right amount of like 
Supergirl we needed. <laughs> and mm-hmm. like her character was super badass. Like I, I thought she was awesome. Yeah, I liked her too. And like I liked she felt like a very much like a supergirl of this world. You know, it's not the supergirl we know, just just like how this isn't the world we know, you know. It fits that kind of that kind of story, you know, and like kind of the the world she was in, you mm-hmm. know, how she'd be a little more rougher on the edges. But I like I think one thing I liked about the like the ending, like as she dies, Michael Keaton dies. We have this nice heartfelt scene where it's like, you know, maybe another time. And the Flash has to go back and he kind of realizes by messing with the time stream that he himself becomes the villain. And you see kind of where the two Flashes, you know, kind of diverge with the younger Flash kind of trying to change the past so much he ends up becoming like like the major villain of the movie in a way. Yeah, I like that the Speed Force was talked about. Yeah. Um, that's one of the things that you don't hear much about of the Flash outside of like the Flash series or this movie. But that's like an incredible power that the Flash has. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, um, one thing we should probably mention is the Easter eggs. There are a shit ton of Easter eggs in this movie. Yeah. Um, I put it down as a positive. I thought there were a lot of fun moments with these little Easter eggs. And um, I mean, it's the whole spectrum of of like fan service moments. Yeah, um, we got supporting characters like Michael Keaton, but then we got smaller roles like the Ben Affleck Batman. We got cameos like uh, the Gal Gadot Wonder Woman. All the way down to like likeness cameos, like Christopher Reeves likeness as Superman is in this movie. And there are a whole lot of moments like this. Um, a lot of fun, you know, um, but I don't know. I'm curious about what your guys' take on all these little Easter eggs that pop up. I mean, Nick Cage, come on. Yeah, <laughs> that was what I was gonna mention. Oh, man. Nick Cage and man, Superman, yeah. yeah, is Fighting stuff of legend, <laughs> and now we get to see it actually like on screen. <laughs> I thought that was a cool call out. Like, yeah, that, yeah, that was a super like you know um, fan servicey moment. But <laughs> I thought it was cool how how it was placed in there. I I wasn't expecting that, and for him to be fighting that giant spider again, something that everyone knows that if, if everyone knows the history of how this movie was going to be made that was going to be the biggest villain and that being placed in there was um good attention to detail yeah yeah that's a great deep cut moment right i mean we're talking about a movie that was never released right it's just um a legendary uh you know production that never happened right and uh we, that's a we got real it. like what if like that's a real multiverse real. situation right there for real yeah and we got a taste of what that movie could have been right and yeah it was it was very cool um what else we got to see adam west's likeness in the movie helen slater's supergirl i mean there was all kinds of stuff going on so um yeah i mean i i thought they were fun because they most of the time they were so fast they didn't really you know 
you know, stop the the the, the story, right? It was just they were just like little little presents for us along the way, right? Um, so it, it was just fun. So I, I I dug those little Easter eggs all throughout. I feel like there's so much more to see. I, I'm looking forward to seeing it again and like pausing and dissecting all of the mm-hmm. little Easter eggs that are thrown in there. Yeah. And, you know, this is DC playing to its strengths. One thing that DC has over anybody is this long, rich here history of superheroes, right? Um, not only in comics, but on TV, in movies. And they got to sort of mine all, all of that, that legacy here, right? So pretty cool. Pretty cool stuff. All right. Um, so, you know. We can certainly continue bringing up stuff we like, but maybe we can start shifting the conversation a bit to some of the negatives. Uh, anything you didn't like about this movie that we want to call out here? The babies. Ah, <laughs> uh, tell us about the babies. That's uh, the first <laughs> one. CGI, the CGI, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah that yeah that CGI scene with the babies falling was just like. The CGI was just bad in general. Like, mm-hmm. there's just no way to sugarcoat it. But that scene with the babies was just ridiculous. Like, you know, like you see the Flash just being hungry and like getting like a bar, to, a power bar, you know, to get like um, his energy and then just jumping around and saving all the babies from like the fire and broken glass and that scene where I think he puts a baby in a microwave. Um, <laughs> it was just, uh, I think that's just like campy co- comedic stuff at the top level, but at the same time, it's just, uh, if it, it's, it's just, I don't know. Yeah. What, what would you guys just, I do like the food to? thing. I do like how they call that out because like, it is known that the flash, like, I mean, if you're going to be burning that many calories, like you need to like, intake that number of calories and so if his blood sugar is low he's not performing at his optimal level but you you remember the call out from the whole microwave thing right like why he did that <laughs> no why because he can't at super speed he i think he mentioned it somewhere later in the film that at super speed you can't directly push someone or 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 like move them in a certain way or it'll cause them to have like whiplash. Oh yeah. Remember that one person that the younger flash, like, Mm -hmm. Oh wait, no, he pushed his older self and his older self ended up like throwing up. (laughs) Yeah. Uh Yeah. Oh, that's (laughs) why it was a pretty over the top scene, you know? Yeah. It was very ambitious. Um, like they were going for something pretty wild. And um, if it looked like something that remotely realistic, then maybe I could have bought it, but I'm with you, Perfirio. It, it it looked really bad. Like the babies looked so fake that I was like, <laughs> wow. I, I just, I was just like, I couldn't believe what I was seeing basically, you know? Um, so yeah, not, not a great, not a great moment. Yeah, that did stick there. out to me too. But I also told myself, like, if I'm watching this comic book movie <laughs> and it's playing like a comic book and I'm also disregarding Ezra Miller's criminal history, if I can displace all of that, I can displace believing those are real babies. <laughs> there you go. 
You know, I mean, not- it is it is true. It, there is so much crazy shit in this movie that you have to have some level of like suspension of disbelief, right? Um, so I get I get where you're where you're coming from, uh, Rainier. But go ahead, Perfurio. No, I was just gonna say, like, not gonna lie, like the beginning, like I was just not sold with a lot of stuff in the beginning. Like one was the CGI, that baby scene I mentioned earlier about Ezra's acting. I was actually, I think by the time, like, um, Ezra, like, got pushed out of the timeline into the past timeline, I was, like, so close to, like, actually, like, walking out of the theater. Mm, really? Pushed out of the timeline. Like, when the, the enemy. Oh, in the speed force? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, he gets pushed out, and then, like, then, like, you know, he he meets like his mom and all that kind of stuff. Like it was around that time in the movie. I was like, this is, this movie's going to be horrible. I'm, I was so close to actually yeah, walking out, but I remember reading reviews saying that like the beginning was slow and kind of messy, but it gets a lot better towards, you know, like the second and uh, the second half. And you mentioned it earlier, Rainier, like it is a lot emotional. You know, it's totally like a Peter Parker kind of um, scene, the mm-hmm. second half. Right. Uh, well, as long as we're talking about Ezra Miller, let me my, let me finish my my take that I started earlier, that the supporting character, the younger Barry Allen, I did enjoy. But what about the older Barry Allen, the lead character in the movie? Right. Um, so it was kind of. What I was fearing, I, I felt like that Ezra couldn't really lead a movie. You know, I, I didn't really care about his story so much. It is interesting, Rainier, that you mentioned how you're very touched at the end. I kind of felt nothing, you know? Um, nothing? I, nothing, nothing. I was, Good God. <laughs> I, I really could not care less what happened to Ooh. the lead character in this movie. It was a big problem. I Like, I went... I mean, the guy was trying to save his mom. Look, <laughs> he I, wanted his mother to live. I, I was like, I was you're basically trying... saying you're rooting for her to die. <laughs> oh, no, you're putting words in my mouth now. <laughs> uh, but I was trying, I was trying to be engaged with the character. But look, to be honest, I just did not care. I did not care what happened to him. Uh, I think, I think, knowing because he knew the fate of his mom, mm-hmm. as much as he didn't want it to happen, and as much as he could change things. He knew it had to happen. Like it's one of those. And yeah. And then, and the music they play that at, at that moment and the way that like, he's talking to his mom as a stranger, knowing that that's the last time he's going to see his mom. Mm-hmm. That that was pretty touching. It, it, it's right so, it, it's so much like that scene in um across the spider verse where it's like, this has to happen, you know, for the timeline to work, like, and there's nothing you could do about it. And I think that's why it also, yeah, got to me. I was like, oh my gosh, this sucks. Mm. And Henry didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm the evil, heartless bastard here, right? <laughs> uh, just being honest, just being honest. Um, but I, I, I see what you guys are saying. And I know I, I felt that I felt like I felt what they were going for. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, to be honest, I just, I just did, did not feel it. And, um, and know, in the hey, moment of clarity he had, go ahead, too, go ahead. the moment of clarity he had where he realized 
I can't save my mom, but I can save my dad. And then that's what the story ended up being. He, he saved his dad. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, again, I, I, I understand what they were going for. I just, uh, you didn't you didn't care for the 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 mentor version of Barry is it because he was too restricting (laughs) he was like hey young Barry don't have fun (laughs) follow me is that is that what will strike me a chord with you not so much I you know I I mentioned I mentioned this a lot but the likability of certain actors I mentioned how Michael Keaton is just like a naturally likable actor right um I feel like Ezra Miller does not have that quality and it's a quality that is important for oh you're saying that for both lead younger and you're saying that for younger and older Barry I, I'm just saying particularly for a lead character you have to care about them you have to like them and I just wasn't feeling it so and it, as a it, I, that as a big struggle uh, point I was struggling with throughout the movie because I felt like oh there are all there are all these cool little things happening Easter eggs and and cameos and whatnot um, but just the core of the movie, like if you don't care about this character's story, it, it's hard to to buy into this movie, right? Um, so that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah, I I cared. <laughs> you care. You're a caring person, right here. I'm, <laughs> I'm glad you you enjoy that aspect. Um, okay. So, what else? What else uh, did we not like so much about this one? Anything else we want to call out? I didn't like. I didn't like that Henry Cavill didn't make an appearance. Mm. Oh, I think yeah. that I I think that would have. I think that would have uh, done done great. Yeah, but him not being there, it's. I I mean, I still liked it without him there. Yeah. But like, I think that would have been. I don't know. That would have been icing on the cake. Mm-hmm. And his presence was there, right? I guess his silhouette showed up at some point, right? So oh, he's, did he's it? kind of there. Yeah, oh, not li- not literally. You mean like figuratively? No, I think I think an actual like silhouette or shadow or something is seen. Did oh. you guys catch that? I didn't catch that. It, no. I didn't. Where? What part? Are you sure you're not thinking of Black Adam? <laughs> uh, well, okay. <laughs> I uh, the internet backs me up here because I see an article from MovieWeb.com saying, when Barry enters the Chrono Bowl, archive footage of Henry Cavill is used from his fight with the Flash in Justice League. So there you have it. Oh, that's uh, right. That one scene where they're fighting in front of Superman's memorial. Oh, uh, mm-hmm. that's right. That's correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. There you go. Get a little. And it is it is his shadow because it is the exact it is that that exact fight scene. There you go. There you go. (laughs) I did did hear that there was supposed to be a Superman cameo with Henry Cavill, but it ended up getting cut. I heard it was like an alternate. Yeah, I heard it was like an alternate, like one of like three alternate endings or something like that. Who knows? Mm, Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I heard that. Um, Yeah, where were they again? Because they didn't they describe what. The alternative endings were. I heard one actually was um, with Ben Affleck as the final Batman instead of George Clooney. Okay. That you see mm. at the very end in this new, you know. Apparently, they were really trying hard to get Christian Bale. I heard that too. <laughs> and really? he just kept, and he just apparently just kept saying no. 
<laughs> yeah. He said he just won't touch. He, he won't go back to Batman unless it's Christopher Nolan. He, he doesn't look back. He doesn't look yeah. back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, he's not. He's probably not into this whole multiverse stuff. He is. He wants kind of no part of it. I think he'd only do it if Christopher Nolan was on the was was on the ticket. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's so, see. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Okay. Like, and maybe you guys can help me out better because I. You guys know more about the Flash character than me, but the again another thing that kind of turned me off in the beginning was like the Flash was kind of like that. He didn't feel like a hero in the beginning. Like I feel like Ben Affleck's Batman called him to be like the sidekick, you know, kind of character. Like hey, like Wonder Woman, Superman, they're not available. So can you like do this and like clean it up? And so for me, just didn't feel like the flash was you know that like level of being a hero and more of a sidekick um but i don't know if that's just something general like in the comics if flash is seen like that or not so i wouldn't say he's seen as a sidekick but like i feel like all like let's see like he 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 plays well off of like the other justice league members Okay. And he, I wouldn't want to say he's like the type that's like, I'm, I can one up you. But again, he's like, he, at least in the comics, he's like, he, he's a cocky guy. Like, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll get this done. You know? <laughs> okay. Like, I also think, like, in, in this version, they, they really wanted, like, the young character um with him like they really wanted like the like the fresh superhero never really done much superheroing in this version so he's i think they wanted like that really like kind of like how they had like spider-man in the mcu you know how he's like kind of taken a bit under the wing but he's very inexperienced it doesn't go out on all the all the big adventures you know like i think they really wanted that angle to take with the flash Mm -hmm. um and this one you know in the in this universe okay so that's also i guess the kind of vibe i got like he's just younger you know he's a bit of a protege but you know batman's not really interested in that right now with with barry you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah i got the sense that he had come into his own um like post justice league and i think what speaks to that is the suit he's wearing because it's very different than the suit he's wearing in justice league mm-hmm. like justice league his suit you know, it looks like he sewed it together by hand. Whereas this one, it's like, I don't know, maybe they got some technology from Bruce Wayne to build that suit. I almost said Tony Stark. <laughs> <laughs> Understandable. <laughs> and the eye lens thing, that's that's a little different. I thought that was kind of cool. Oh, right, right. That was different. Did you like how he did this like sort of pose before he would um he would go into a particular pose before he like uh you know took off flashes mm-hmm. forward right yeah right. like how he did that yeah that was kind of cool i thought it was built, cool. built, built up the suspense right yeah yeah not like that i did like i, I guess we were talking about that i guess but I, I did like the way the speed was used i like yeah I think, like, in a Flash movie, you need to feel the speed, and this is one where I really felt the speed, you know? Like, they got that part right, whereas, like, there's a lot of spotty CGI, but at least the speed felt really good. 
It did. I did enjoy like the phasing, you know. Yes, and that's the thing they don't really talk much about of, of Flash's powers. Which is like, actually, it's like probably one of his most overpowered powers, you know. Cool. So um, maybe we can just get to kind of random thoughts. Doesn't have to be positive, doesn't have to be negative. Um, there's a lot in this movie, you know. Um, and I think the story of this movie isn't just what we see on screen, right? There's there's a lot of stuff happening. It's kind of a microcosm of what's going on in entertainment right now, right? Um, the fact that the Flash movie was a box office disappointment has started conversations about is superhero fatigue really setting in now for real? Um, to be is... fair, Elemental was also a box office disappointment. Mm, yeah. Yeah, and the Flash, you know, it's it's not, you know, an isolated thing. You know, um, the the Shazam sequel didn't do well. Ant Man, Quantum Mania did not do well. Um, so there's that. Uh, there's the the state of streaming. Are streaming services killing movie theater box office? Possibly, right? Um, yeah. Any just kind of random thoughts about like what's happening with uh, the state of movies and entertainment in general right now. Are we talking about, are we talking about superhero fatigue? Yeah. Well, let's get, let's get into that. Why not? Yeah. 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 Well, we talked about this last week about James, James Gunn's thoughts on superhero fatigue. Right. Yeah. And yeah. what he really got down to was like, you know, people have a sort an expectation for superhero films now. And there's so many of them out there that like, the stories are starting to get lazy. And I mean, you know, I feel like post Endgame, like Marvel seems to be resting on its laurels of, you know, which Avengers going to show up or like who's going to make a cameo. And I agree with that. I think it is kind of getting a little bit lazy because now it's, it's, it's less about like pushing the envelope story-wise and more about like who's going to show up. I think I think the the height of that was when in like WandaVision when uh when Quicksilver showed up. Like that seemed to be the biggest mm -hmm. thing. And I'm like <laughs> I don't know. It, it's it's cool, but like, you know, I don't know. Um but I think it's more story fatigue. I think story fatigue is what's setting in, not necessarily superhero fatigue, because a good story is a good story, and if it's told well, people will like it. And a lot of I don't know a lot of Marvel films they they start they're they're, st they're starting to feel like carbon copies of each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I do agree. Uh, story, story fatigue is a thing, but I I do think there is an aspect of superhero fatigue. Um, look, I love superhero movies more than anything in the world, <laughs> but let's be honest. There are a fucking lot of these movies being made now, right? Uh, and they're not all great. Uh, so am I a little bit tired of it? You know, maybe a little bit. Um, and uh, look, like I know, I know there's been talk about like spacing out some of this stuff. I know Marvel Studios wants to like not release as many t television series um per year as they had originally planned um i think it's a good idea like let let 
some of these projects have some room to breathe, right? But, but, you know, a couple of months later, there's another one and another one and another one, right? Um, so I, I definitely think there's there's a bit of fatigue uh, setting in here. And uh-huh. I think that's one, just one of a number of reasons for the box office failure of, of the Flash movie. Um, but yeah, I, I think it, it is one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think, like, if we want to, uh, if I could steer to why why I think the Flash is like a big flop at the box office. So I think with this with this movie, it's a few reasons. Um, particular that may I think superhero fatigue might be part of it. It is the fourth superhero movie that's released this year. Um, and I think it's uh, I feel like there's a lot of inept decision making at the head of WB. Mm. Um, and I think they've really kind of squandered a lot of their overall potential with these you know great characters that are so well beloved. This movie's been in production for you know nine years and WB has been trying to get this movie off the ground since as we were talking earlier since the 80s you know and I think watching this movie flop um I I think this is a movie that if it had come out say 2019 you know like it was originally supposed to come out in 2018 let's say it gets pushed back to after Justice League the same year as Endgame it probably wouldn't have done in-game levels, but I think this would have been a big hit. I think the the multiverse idea would have felt way more fresh nowadays. Um, I think what they were doing with this feels like a, it follows up Justice League pretty well. And even though they want to follow up Zack Snyder's Justice League, this this could take place after in the Whedon and I wouldn't have blinked, you know. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. they had to reshoot this so many times. There were so many problems behind the scenes and Warner Brothers just can't pick a strategy and they keep changing direction because a lot of hype died down for this movie after James Gunn said, hey, this, you know, we're going to completely reboot things from scratch after this year. We're going Mm -hmm. in a way different direction, new universe, new characters. And so I think when this rolls around and Shazam rolled around, it's like, well, this doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, going forward, these are just characters that are just kind of just disappear into the ether before we get the next adaption of it, you know? Yeah. And so even though James Gunn's saying this is the greatest superhero movie ever, like audiences, they're like, they don't care, you know? Yeah, Gunn said that. Like, yeah, there's so oh. much strategy problems with DC, with like the, you know, Warner Brothers, DC on what to do with these movies when like the plan was laid out for them in the justice league cartoon in the nineties, you know, Mm -hmm. like they've had the blueprint with the comics, the the thing. And I think, you know, and if they had just stuck to their guns, then this movie would have released a few years ago and would have been a hit. They stuck to a gun. (laughs) Whereas nowadays, (laughs) you know, the flash, the first character, like the, like the multiverse is so popular right now. And that comes from the Flash, but now watching this, it feels like the Flash is late to the party mm. in, in the multiverse movies. You know, this is the third yeah. multiverse superhero movie this year, and you know, you really wanted the Flash to be the first of it because that was been his thing since the the sixties. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. And they've been trying to get this movie off the ground since the eighties, and so you know, it's like. Yeah, yeah, I'm getting a little worked up here, but I think that is my real problem with the movie. 
it, it, DC's the first to come out with a multiverse, right? In the comics. Mm-hmm. Am I am I right with Crisis? Yeah. On Infinite yeah. Earth. Yeah. Crisis. Uh, actually, even before that, back in the the Flash of Two Worlds, was oh. the first kind of use of the of a multiverse. That if oh, as yeah. far as I can find in popular in any media, mm. um, that was pre crisis books like the DC did this first, and now it's like the hot thing. So I don't think a lot of people know that. And yeah. the funny thing about that is that everyone compares a multiverse to the MCU because the MCU came out first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you make a good point, Christian. Actually, like you're talking about how like if these movies had come out like in a different year in the past. They probably would have been like wild successes. Like I, I make that argument for like Batman versus Superman. If that came out before MCU existed, like that would have blown everyone's minds that Batman and Superman were fighting. Mm-hmm. But because there's a there, there's already been a laid out blueprint, like you know, theatrically for superhero films, that's now everything that it's being compared to. Yeah, and D- Warner Brothers has ha- owned these characters, like all of the DC characters, for like yeah. as long as I can remember. But they didn't even think to do a, you know, a shared universe until Disney did it with the mm-hmm. uh, without the big hitters of Marvel. Mm-hmm. But they made it work, and yeah. they had a good game plan, and they had a good strategy. They had Kevin Feige, you know, they had all the right things to get on base and to really make these movies work. And they put the care and the effort into it, mm-hmm. you know. And Warner Brothers sat on the Flash for so long. And Wonder Woman, Aquaman, like, to where they have to play catch up mm-hmm. when they could have been the ones leading the charge. Yeah. Uh, good taste, Christian. Um, I also agree with your point about how they almost killed this movie when trying to promote it, almost saying that this is like the end of this chapter of DC movies. Uh, we're going into a whole different direction with James Gunn, etc. It's almost like telling everyone, well, it's over and you kind of don't even have to watch this. <laughs> wait, wait till the new stuff. Right. Um, it reminds me of X-Men Dark Phoenix. Right. When that movie came out, they were like, oh, um, just so you know, this has nothing to do with the MCU. Uh, X-Men will be owned by Disney and it's going to go in a whole different direction. But this is the last one of these. So people were like, why the hell do I need to see this movie? And sure enough, nobody watched it, right? There's um, so got to be a strategy. Some... There's got to be a strategy behind that. There's, there's, I can't imagine them doing that. Yeah, I mean, to tank I think their the, own film. The thinking is like, oh, like let's watch the final chapter of of this series we we've loved so much. Um, but I think in both cases it kind of backfired because there was like a don't care factor, right? I think that's what happened. I think another element, I think you alluded to it earlier, Henry, it's just like streaming services. Like people just don't want to, ever since the pandemic, like people don't want to go to the movie theater anymore, you know, spend $15, $20, you know, mm-hmm. park there and concession stands and everything where they could just wait like a few more months, you know, like avoid spoilers or not. And then just watch it on like one of the streaming services, you know? Yeah. Solid point. One thing that happened over the pandemic, a lot of people upgraded their TVs. A lot of people realized it was a lot of fun watching new movies at home. Mm-hmm. You guys remember when we watched uh, Kong versus Godzilla? Holy shit, it was awesome. <laughs> we were all like, this is amazing. 
Um, and it made a lot of people realize like you don't have to go to a movie theater to watch and enjoy a new movie, right? Especially now because people realize, oh, that new Marvel movie, that new DC movie, well, guess what? It's going to come out on Disney Plus or Max pretty soon. So just wait a bit and you're good, right? I like, think that was a huge factor. I think a lot of people are like, oh, I can just watch the Flash movie in like, I don't know, a couple months on Max and I'll just, I'll just wait off. Yeah, that. I feel like, because I think, you know, Rainier, you talked about this, but like, you know, like besides the Flash, that same weekend, Elemental, that's the name of the movie, right? Elemental, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. also, it was also another box office bomb. And I feel like yeah. folks are just, one, I just feel like the marketing wasn't as strong for that movie, but two, I just think like, Folks are like, it's going to come out on DC Plus eventually. I don't have to take my, like, six-year-old child to the movie theater, you know? That's crazy to me because, like, Pixar films, I feel like, I said this earlier, I feel like they're 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 bulletproof and, like, sure things, like, for box office numbers. Yeah, not so much now, yeah? Not so much. Mm-hmm. But um, I did that with, um, I did that with uh, Avatar Way of the Water. Like, we're like, oh, we'll just wait for it to come out and stream. <laughs> I haven't go. seen it yet, <laughs> even though it's yeah. already out. Yeah, it's on it's on Disney Plus and on, on Max, Plus. right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and you know, we chatted this uh, casually earlier, but I don't think it's any coincidence that two of the biggest box office surprise hits of the year are Super Mario Brothers and Across the Spider Verse, two movies whose future streaming was not clear right we we weren't guaranteed that they were going to show up on a major streaming service anytime soon right um you might have to wait for a while is across the spider-verse gonna be on netflix where's it gonna be i don't know i better go see it in the movie theater i think that was the thinking of a lot of people right and obviously a, a lot of positive buzz but you know i think the, the, the availability of this stuff on streaming is, is, a, is a major factor on box office these days. Hey, one thing I wanted to call out, actually, Henry, your point earlier about superhero fatigue mm-hmm. was that I think one of the things that makes me believe that that's not, it's not necessarily a superhero thing is because of Across the Spider-Verse. Because look how many times they've rebooted Spider-Man. You would think, oh my God, another Spider-Man film? And they recast it, and it's a different. Here's another Spider-Man story, but it did it. It it was wildly successful. Why? Because yeah. it was a it was a good story. Yeah. You know, yeah, like commenting, yeah, on this on superhero fatigue. I don't think you know, Renew. You touched upon this, but I don't think it's like people are tired of the superhero fatigue. I think people just want a good story. You know, like don't it shouldn't be lazy writing where it's like a villain comes wants to take over the world and that's it because i mean like i don't or at least this is just in my personal view but like some of the best like superhero films in the past years are ones that are like new and experimental like wandavision werewolf um by night uh Mm -hmm. um guardians of galaxy like i had like no like you've heard me say like i didn't care for this movie but after watching i was like this is fucking amazing you know Mm -hmm. so i think like one it just it doesn't have to follow the traditional like 
action-packed, violent superhero um, storyline. It just needs to be a good storyline and just be able to be smart on how you tell these fresh storylines, you know? Yeah, good take. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think I think if if all these superhero movies that are coming out are really good, that'd be one thing. But I, I think there's a, a lack of quality on, on a good number of them. And that's mm-hmm. to your point, Rainer, you know, like put some good stories in these, you know, make make it a good, compelling story. And I don't think there will be as many complaints and people will, will be excited to see them. But I, the quality is, has dropped off a bit. I think yeah you know what's crazy about that is i remember at one point everyone was hating on sony because spider-man wasn't in the mcu and like Mm. oh how 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 much of a leash is sony gonna have on spider-man in the mcu Mm -hmm. but but it's because of movies like across the spider-verse that is like oh maybe it is a good thing um you know for them to continue having spider-man because they can still push the boundaries and not be limited by the guidelines that the mcu has set you know like mm-hmm. i think it's yeah. important for superhero not just superhero movies but for movies that to push the boundaries and there's tons of stuff out there in the comics that we have not yet seen on film um yeah. that can be done and people are going to like it people are going to hate it but if they don't push those boundaries we're going to end up with like the same superhero movie over and over and over yeah. again yeah mm-hmm. yeah 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 but in my mind, more reason to just not throw a bunch out all at the same time, you know, like Sony is a great example, right? Sony has produced amazing films into the Spider-Verse. Phenomenal. Spider-Man No Way Home. Grand Slam. And then they turn around and give us Venom, Venom Let There Be Carnage. <laughs> Morbius. And Morbius. Like, what the fuck, dude? So... My point is, it's not easy to make a good movie, right? Uh, so take your time with it, right? Like, like plan it out. D- don't just like throw like you know a-, a shit ton of superhero movies all at once and just hope a few of them stick. Um, you know, a little bit of quality over quantity, maybe is what I'm asking yes. for. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <There you> <laughs> <go>. <laughs> all right. Um, so. Yeah, any any other random thoughts about the Flash or or anything else here? I what's your guys' quick notes on like, because you know this is like quote unquote the last of the Snyder verse, the DC extended universe film. Mm, like yeah, like what like if you just had to like I guess like write say some final notes like reflecting back on this legacy franchise. And how it ends. Good question. Um, I guess I, I said my little piece on uh DC and like the corporate strategy. Although I will say, like, uh, you know, I, I do find myself enjoying some of these movies, I think, a lot more than um kind of what I've hear heard online. Um and I think there's there's always like little moments, little little bits where you're like, ah, that is the DC I know and love. That's you, you see the fan in you kind of activate, you know, mm-hmm. which I think we see a lot of us in this movie, you know, you get the fun, you know, with Michael Keaton, Batman. I think this movie really works as a good sequel to justice league. Like 
I see a, a a world, an alternate universe, where this is pretty much Justice League two, and then you have Justice League three with Dark Side, you know, mm-hmm. the big Dark Side end game like finish, you know, and I think this w- was like a like a cool middle chapter mm-hmm. for Justice League. It's a bit of a time travel story, and you see an alternate version of the league. But you still see them essentially team up to save the day, in a way. Or I guess they don't save the day, but in this one, and I kind of like that this ends on a much more bittersweet note, you know, in, in this movie. Mm. But I actually would love to do a full retrospective. I don't know if we'll get Ooh, to it, but that, that's a good DC. Uh, Let's yeah. do that. Yeah, yeah, that'd be <laughs> fun. That would be fun. Maybe at the end of the year after Aquaman two, we can do a. It's almost like doing a memorial service. <laughs> uh, I'm already waiting for the bloodbath of Aquaman two. <laughs> yeah. After Aquaman and Blue Beetle, we can. I'm uh, gonna love it. You guys are gonna hate it. You know it. Wait, so wait, is Blue Beetle part of James Gunn's vision or the? Old... That's the kicking off point. Oh, okay. That's, that's the kicking off point. I okay. thought that was part of this one. Yeah, I think Blue Beetle's gonna be the Iron Man of the DCU. Mm, it kind of no. is like Iron Man. He's got the suit and all that. So. <laughs> yeah. and my my take on on this, like I guess closing the chapter of the Snyderverse and all of that it's interesting i would have thought there would have been a more prominent like we're hitting the reset button right here Mm. um but it didn't feel that prominent to me um like it didn't feel like a big reset button but it did open up the question of like hey there are different batmans there are different flashes that exist um it didn't feel like it didn't feel like a book ending story to me Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. mainly because like I was focused more so on the Flash and Batman in this film. Mm-hmm. Um, but then again, when I look at movies too, I try not to look at it. Oh, actually, I really don't. I really don't look at it like, oh, this movie's gonna be great. I can't wait for the next one. Like I hate, I hate it when movies are made to boost the sequel or boost the universe. Like I want to look at the movie as itself, as its own standalone, and if it can connect to other parts of other movies totally cool if they do it well awesome but like i like to look at a movie uh, on its own if it can stand on its own two legs okay yeah right on um so i can give my take on the dceu uh, but it kind of ties in with my rating so maybe we'll just go right into our ratings yeah how would you rate the flash on a scale of one to five one being the worst five being the best and i'll start it off so, yeah, it's an interesting question you posed, Perfirio. Now that the DCEU, aka the Snyderverse, is ending, uh, how do we feel about it? And in particular, how are we feeling about the Flash being k- kind of the, the end of it all? Uh, so, I, I almost look at this movie as the DCEUist of all the DCEU movies. <laughs> it's loud, it's overly CG'd. It's spectacle over substance. Um, it's all of these things that um, we. a lot of people attribute these DC EU movies with, right? Um, a, a lot of the complaints about them are along these same lines, right? Um, but yeah, there's a lot of yelling, a lot of explosions, <laughs> uh, a lot of CG, 
a um, little bit light on character development. Um, yeah, I alluded to um, just kind of not caring about the characters. So yeah, like when it's all said and done, you put all the window dressing aside, the multiverse stuff, Michael Keaton, all the Easter eggs, all the cameos and whatnot. Um, I think what you have is just um, a classic DCEU movie. And if you're the type to enjoy that kind of movie, then maybe The Flash is for you. Um, but not my particular cup of tea. Um, haven't been the hugest fan of these movies. I will say, you know, they weren't all bad. I, I would say the first Wonder Woman movie was great. And, um, you know, ultimately, I think, the lows outweighed the highs with uh, the DCEU. Um, but uh, yeah, not completely um, without um, some winners in there. Uh, but yeah, with The Flash, I think it was kind of like just more of the same stuff that I didn't connect with, with these DC movies. Uh, so I'm going to go with a two out of five for The Flash. Wow. Wait, so, I, have a, I have a quick question on your rating. Yeah. Would would you recommend it for someone oh, to watch it? That's a great question, Perfurio, because um, even though I'm giving this a pretty low rating, two out of five, and officially two out of five is not a recommendation. It's maybe like um, a two out of five that is like one... The, the most interesting two out of five I've ever watched because <laughs> after this movie, I was like, I have to talk to someone about this movie because I can't believe what I just saw. Right. Um, the curiosity factor is there. And, um, and then in terms of recommendation, like I look, I'm not recommending this movie. I think it's a bad movie period. Um, that said, like for people who, watch a lot of superhero movies like all of us here i kind of have to recommend it because it's sort of like it's sort of like required viewing like you gotta see this movie it's fucking bonkers man it is crazy <laughs> i don't think we talked about that too much but this movie is insane like it is just wild it is wild crazy shit and um yeah it gets into a, a lot of wacky stuff the multiverse you name it um yeah so yeah if you're if you're like really into superhero movies yeah i almost look at look at as uh add it as required viewing um oh one one other note too like uh, along the lines of the multiverse um look <laughs> there there are a lot of multiverse movies out there now and like kind of what you're saying christian um it's a bit of this whole beating a dead horse thing and man like they kind of dropped the ball they being Warner Brothers right they could have been ahead of this they they could have been first to this right first to the punch but as it is look you got movies like Spider-Man No Way Home you got everything everywhere all at once you got Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness like a slew of multiverse movies that I think are far superior to this one uh, so yeah, definitely can't recommend this one outright. Yeah. All right, who wants to go next? I'll go next. Um, right. 
So uh, I I did overall like this movie. I think uh, you're right, Heather. This is this is like super bonkers, and sometimes I do think of like the spaghetti mess that <laughs> they kind of allude to when talking about the the timeline getting messed up. And the movie does feel like a bit of a spaghetti mess. But I will say I was never not having fun. Even the parts where I'm like, oh my god, what am I watching? Like the baby scene and all that. I I still like kind of giggled at it. I still like I still was like having fun because of just like how off the wall it felt for a for like a superhero action scene. And like the movie, like it keeps going, it moves fast, and I think the the moments I liked, I really liked. Um, I enjoyed the Batman fan service. I liked the bits with the kind of core with Flash and his mom and his dad and the kind of mentorship that he kind of has to always to play off of himself with the younger Barry Allen. And the movie wasn't always working for me, but I had a, you know, because it was so bonkers, it, in a way it, it like stands out among, amongst, uh, like you said, there is a bit of a sea of multiverse movies. There's a sea of superhero movies. And even though this is feel a little bit late to the party, it's I still had a lot of fun with it, and I still in, enjoyed myself. And, and so I'm gonna give it a three out of five. I'll go I'll go a little higher, and I would definitely recommend this movie, especially if you've stuck with the DCU for this long. <laughs> definitely worth it to see this movie. There you go. All right, who's next? I go next. So, yeah, like I had mixed emotions with this film. I almost walked out of it at one point. The beginning didn't deliver for me, but I'm glad I stuck around because the second half was just really good. The The interactions with, between the characters and the actors like Michael Keaton, Supergirl, um, Ezra Miller was really good. The chemistry was good. The action scenes were really great. Um, I enjoyed that emotional scene that Barry had with his mother. Uh it was it, it was really yeah like the second half was a lot more fun. And so I would give this also a three out of five. I wouldn't recommend watching it in theaters, but if it were to come like on Max, I would recommend it. <laughs> Got it. And Perfurio, I think that's what a lot of people are doing. They're waiting it, waiting for it to show up on Max. <laughs> All right. And I know, Rainier, you're not a big fan of giving ratings, but if they had a gun to your head, what would you rate? <laughs> All right. Let's see. The Flash. I mean, I laughed. I cried. I was wowed. Um, I mean, look, The Flash has like, I mean, I read Flash in the comics. I've loved him in the animated series. Um, I love the television series of Grant Gustin. So, and there's this, like legacy of the Flash that I just love. Um, I mentioned this earlier. There's a whole lineage of like Jay Garrick, Barry Allen, Wally West, Bart Allen. There's a whole number of Flashes that have some fantastic stories. So, um, this is just another story to be added to that library. And I I thought it was really fun. I thought they did a great job. Uh, I thought Ezra Miller acted in this movie really well um michael keaton is batman i mean how awesome is that and supergirl was great in it again the call out to 
uh, Henry Cavill's Superman in that universe. Um, I really enjoyed it. Um, I mean, I'm going to give it, okay, look, I knew right off the bat that the CGI was going to be an issue. It, it It is pretty much the equivalent of Henry Cavill's like mustache in uh, the first Whedon's Justice League. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it, it, it wasn't enough to distract me from the movie. Like, I have to disagree with you, Henry, on the whole, we know DC films being overly CGI. Marvel films are just as CGI. The only difference <laughs> is that they're hiring better CGI CDS <laughs> than what DC is doing, okay? Um, but yeah, I mean, I loved it. It was fun. I, I really liked it. Um, so I'm going to give it, and just because of the CG aspect of it, I'm going to give it four out of five. Ooh. All right. Ending on a high note. And I think our analysis here is a bit of a microcosm because this movie has gotten mixed reviews, as you were saying earlier. And, um, you By know, the way, go ahead. If you noticed, uh, after the film was released, the. Uh, this is the first time I've seen this where usually they'll throw the Rotten Tomato score out there, right? Rated fresh, right? They threw the mm-hmm. audience score out there, which is, I think, mm-hmm. at like 88%. That was like highlighted as like one of the highlights, uh, one of the uh, one of the reviews. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I thought that was a little surprising. I've never seen that happen before. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen that before either. Interesting. Uh, so, Ranieri, you'd mentioned the long legacy of the Flash in comics. Um, let's take it back to the comics a bit. Uh, so I wanted to give a brief mention because an argument can be made that the Flash saved comics in the 50s. Yeah. Um, during the 50s, superhero comics were like out of favor. They were they were done. They were dead. No one was reading. No, no one was making superhero comics. Right. Um, but, uh, DC rebooted the flash, uh, and particularly like this version of the flash, the red suit flash, and it injected new life into superhero comics. So you could argue that if there was no flash, there would be no Stan Lee, Silver Age, Marvel comics, Fantastic Four, Spider-Man, Thor, Iron Man, all that shit, right? Um, so definitely uh, respect there. Uh, you know, it it's just an argument. You know, if, if the Flash wasn't rebooted in the 50s and wasn't a hit, maybe Stanley and Jack Kirby would have still done their thing and, and made history. Uh, but an argument could be made that the Flash is responsible for everything, right? All this shit we're seeing and we're, all this shit we're into uh, is is due to this character um that said uh i know christian and rainier you guys have read some flash comics uh so someone who is about to watch this movie you know maybe they're waiting for max or maybe they watched it enjoyed it and they're not so familiar with the comics are there comics you guys would recommend reading uh before or after watching this movie i mean i think the quick easy call out that relates most to this movie is is flashpoint um so i would recommend that one uh one of the storylines that like i really loved from the flash was uh 
uh, let's see, Rebirth and Blitz. Uh, Blitz being the one where they, the storyline where they dive into like the reverse flash and we see um, a very interesting story. <laughs> mm. Cool. Anything to add, Christian? Yeah. Um, I think just quickly going off of uh, Flashpoint, because that is the the animated Flashpoint movie is also really good. I, I do highly recommend that if you can't get your hands on the comic or if you've read the comic and really like it. Um, you get to see it's really cool to see it in animated form. It's a much uh, it's a much more violent version of the story, too. The Flash is also a very key character in Crisis on Infinite Earths. Uh, great storyline, very pivotal saga for DC. Very classic. Yes. Right on. There you have it. Plenty of uh, comics recommendations. And with that, we can wrap up the episode. This is Farewell from Henry, Perferio, Christian, and Rainier. <laughs>